Good morning, friends. My name is Sarah, and thanks so much for joining together as we talk about in focus, what our mission and vision is. Jesus had a mission and vision, and in uh, most of the gospel accounts of his life, we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He starts out his, his public ministry. He's had his time as a carpenter. He starts out his public ministry by saying, "Good news, the kingdom of God is here." I got it printed out for us, uh, like in Mark. Uh, uh, chapter one, good news. The kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe. Good news. Now, good news. If I was to come home, you know, uh, after this, this church service, uh, if I was to come home in, in the evening and say to my kids, good news. I open the door. Hi guys. Good news. What would they be expecting? You know, if I come home, and I say like, good news. It better be a change, right? There better be something. I don't come home and say like, good news, guys. We'll have a little dinner, finish up our homework, go to bed. There's got to be some event, something that has to have happened, right? I better come in with something in my hands. Good news. I got us dessert. Good news. We're going out to, out to dinner. Um, uh, a couple months ago in February, I, I was on my way home and I said, you know what? It'd be really nice to stop it and get the kids a little, little treat. Um, so I stop, I, I get our favorite candy. Um, we all in the, in the household like, like peanut butter and chocolate. So I got this little, uh, Valentine's Day chocolate Reese's, uh, a heart. So I come in, I'm like, hi guys, present my, my little gift. And, uh, my seven year old takes it and she's like, mm. It's like, wow, I got us something. She's like, daddy got that for us. Why does everyone think that daddy gets you the good stuff? I'm like, no, I stopped at the store and I got that. My husband comes out into the little foyer and he's like, you got that? I just stopped at the store on my way home and I also got us a Reese's Pieces Valentine's Day heart. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we were really meant to be together. But I should not come in the door and say, good news. You can walk to the store, you can buy yourself a dessert. I should not come home and say, good news. You may bake yourself some cookies this evening. Though, honestly, I think that's a, a good thing. That's actually what my parents did. You know, they didn't, um, they wanted to eat healthily or responsibly. But if we were to go to the uh, edifying process of following a recipe and, and learning a new and being productive and, and making something, they would allow that. And my brother took them up on that and has actually become quite a good baker. And that was our primary source uh, of sweets growing up. But if I say good news, it's an event. It's something that's uh, uh, accomplished. It, it's finished. If I say good news, it's not good advice. I don't say good news. You budget carefully, stick to your plan, work consistently, and save. You too could be financially stable. That may be good advice, but it's not good news. Good news is also, it's not indefinite or nebulous. It's, it's completed. You don't want to get an email saying, good news. We are still reviewing your college application process and you will hear from us in another month. That's not good news. Good news is done. It's happened. It, it, it's definite. And that's what Jesus is saying when he starts his ministry. He's saying, good news. What has happened in my life, what's going to be happening in my life through the death, resurrection, uh, and ascension of Jesus, something has happened concretely and specifically. And it is good news. The kingdom of God is here. 
as we were working through our mission statement in this series in focus uh what we want to be all about in this church we say as we follow jesus together and it really is all about that as we follow jesus together some of the things that make us us that we, we kind of want to be all about is that we experience the holy spirit he speaks to us he changes us we create a multicultural community friends coming together as, as god created us to be and we pursue kingdom of God justice. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. What is kingdom of God justice? Well, I think the first word to us as we talk about what the kingdom of God is and what justice looks like to us is that it is good news. It is good news for our hearts. It is good news for our communities. It's good news for our souls. What Jesus has done and accomplished for us is firm and concrete it is healing and restoration for us. And we can tell our souls, good news, the kingdom of God is here. So let's pray, and then we'll turn to scripture. Jesus, we thank you for your good news to us. We thank you that you don't call us into something that we have to, to produce the whole thing for, that we have to perform and be holy and, and be, be righteous that you say, come, come to me. I've got good news. I have done for you what you could not do for yourself. I've brought a new day. It's a new dawn. Your word says, Jesus, if anyone is in me, they are a new creation. So we receive your blessing, your truth, your life over us this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you have accomplished for us. Thank you for your death for us. Thank you for your resurrection for us. Thank you that all things are in your control. And we get to, this morning, live as your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, two definitions I want to start with real quick this morning. What is the kingdom of God? It's kind of like crazy sounding terms sometimes. What is the kingdom of God? It's actually not that complicated if we just let it be simple the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God on earth it's when Jesus is in control and, and people are following Jesus's way there's no kingdom without a king so it's about the kingship of Jesus kingdom kingship of Jesus the kingdom of God is the dynamic rule and reign of God on earth it's the outward uh, corporate workings of the inner restoration and reconciliation of Jesus's work it's a return to God's original plan and design it's when God wins and God is getting his way so the kingdom of God is is the rule and reign of, of God on earth how about justice what is justice so in the Bible, we see a couple of different words used, uh, and this is going to be, um, as, as we turn to our, our Hebrew and Greek definitions, this will be challenging some of my uh, pronunciation capacities. Uh, I had a lovely woman in graduate school for my professor for Hebrew exegesis, and she came to me about halfway through the course, and she said, Sarah, what are, what are your plans for, for after seminary? And I said, you know, I, I want to go into ministry. I'd like to be back in, in New England. She's like, oh, thank goodness. I thought you were going to go into academia. <laughs> I said, no, no, no worries there. No worries there. 
So, tzaddik, this is the Hebrew word for rightness justice. It's when everything is as it's supposed to be. It's a rightness of, of a ruler, of a law, a rightness of being, um, rightness being vindicated, salvation, right acts, good deeds in community. Um, it's frequently associated with caring for the poor, with um, being fair and equitable, rightness in society, socially. It's a, it's a caring word. But it's also really a relational word. It's a character word as well as a caring word. It's about God's character. And justice uh, in Hebrew is connected with the justice and the character of God. It comes out of who God is and is always used in relationship to God. Now, when we go from the Hebrew uh, Old Testament scriptures to the Greek uh, New Testament scriptures, uh, we go to a different word, uh, dikasune. Um, and in the New Testament, dikasune gets a little confusing for us because it means justice, rightness, goodness, the way of God. But it's frequently translated as righteousness. And when we hear righteousness, we think of more like personal inward piety thing, but it still means the goodness and the original design and plan of God for individuals and for all of society uh, together. It is when God's way is restored, when Jesus' restoration and reconciliation is accomplished and things are as they are supposed to be. Justice in the Bible is connected with the one who is just. The one who is right. Justice is accomplished by Jesus who has conquered the forces of evil, injustice, oppression, uh, uh, racial inequities, uh, unfairness. Everything that happened to Jesus, pain, suffering, death, Jesus has overcome that in the cross and made a way forward with his uh, resurrection and his ascension. So justice looks like Jesus. Justice looks like Jesus. And the kingdom of God is where God is in control, where, where Jesus is king. And justice is the rightness of God in community, in a right community. Cornell West uh, says that I think is really true. Justice is love in public. Justice is love in public. And the kingdom of God is where Jesus is in charge. And justice looks like Jesus in public. So to put, you know, to put this into real practice, what does it look like? It's, it's nice to say that justice looks like Jesus, but, you know, in specifics, in, in reality, in, you know, a corporate group setting, what does Jesus justice look like? I want to center us in three quick stories uh, from scripture that I just think are so instructive to us, really getting at, at the heart of what this goodness and rightness corporately looks like. So the first uh, is from Luke chapter 19. So this is the story of Zacchaeus. Now Zacchaeus was a bad guy. He was not all about social justice. In fact, he was the opposite. He defrauded people. He stole from the poor. He was about enriching himself. He probably said terrible things about the poor people. He was stealing money from. He was uh, oppressive and greedy. And this is what Jesus said to him. As Zacchaeus, he's, he's a short little man, he's got a little bit of a Napoleon complex. He wanted to see Jesus, so he climbs up this tree. Basically, there's nothing he won't do to kind of get what he wants, like climb a tree, grown men don't do that, fine, I'll do that. 
And Jesus looked at him and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. Jesus wanted something to do with this corrupt, fraudulent bad guy. Jesus said, come down. I must stay at your house tonight. When people saw this, they began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to Jesus, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, half of my possessions to the poor. And if I cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. For this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, I love this story because it shows us that no one is disqualified from justice. No one is disqualified from being part of love in public. You think you've messed up? Come on now. Not worse than Zacchaeus. There is no, there's no racist, no sexist bigot, no uh, exploitative boss, no thieving manager who is excluded from being part of the justice of the kingdom of God. Jesus says, come down, humble yourself before Jesus and be part of the restoration. And just look at Jesus. Look at Jesus's love for this thieving, sure, little, but we are all Zacchaeus. We are all Zacchaeus. None of us deserve the invitation from Jesus. He says, I must be a guest at your home. I have got to be part of your life. I want you. And we have to come out of our ridiculous religious posturing. You know, maybe if I build myself up here, get up here, maybe I do this, that, and come before Jesus as just our, our normal, deficient, short little selves. None of us have lived right by others. All of us have manipulated. If you have ever bought a t-shirt made in a sweatshop, by, you know, we've all been part of the problem. We have all profited by our, our zip code, by our, our nationality. And Jesus says to each one of us, come, come down, experience life and joy. Zacchaeus responded, he entered the kingdom of God and was like, I will make restorations. I will make reparations. I will be part of the rightness of Jesus. It was not cheap. It was not cheap. It cost him and it was worth it. It is costly and all of us are invited. All right, next, moving through real quick. These are just great, great stories. Matthew 20. Jesus tells a story uh, about a landowner, a big boss who owns a vineyard, very appropriate story for the vineyard church. And this, this guy, this vineyard owner goes out. He needs people to work in his vineyard. He goes out early morning. He's like, hey, get in my truck. I will pay you a good day's wage for working for me. Um, I don't know if you know what you make every single day, if you've calculated it out. Um, if you know, great. Maybe you think it's not a good day's wage. So in your mind, you can add 50, 75 bucks to, to your day's wage. Okay. You know what it is? A good day's wage. Okay. You agree to it? Say, cool. I'll work in your vineyard all day for, for that wage. Get them. They work. Um, he went out again on lunchtime, gathered some more guys. He's like, Hey, I will, I will pay you a good day's, day's wage. I got some more stuff to do. Then he goes out at 5 p.m. 
gathers up a couple more workers. Hey, you want to work for me? Good. Okay, come on. End of the day comes. He starts handing out his wages. Starts with the guys who came in last. Gives them their, the Bible says, a, a denarius. Well, the people who got here first, they see him giving a denarius to other guys. They're like, cha-ching, we're going to get even more. If that guy's getting denarius, hmm, what do you think I'm getting? I bet two, three, oh, yeah. The landowner comes to them and pays them the same thing as he agreed, denarius. And they are indignant. Uh, the, they said to him, verse uh, Matthew 20, verse 12, These men who were hired last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. And the vineyard owner said, he answered them, Friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Didn't take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired the last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you jealous because I am generous? You know, this story was shocking in Jesus' day. And for some, it may be shocking in our day too. You know, they came in last. Why would they get paid the same as those who have been working the whole day? The landowner, you know, he finds people who no one else had hired. Why were they not hired? I don't know. Maybe they came out a little too late. Maybe they had a family emergency. Like, I don't know why they were still looking for work in the marketplace at, at 5, 5 p.m. But what the landowner cares about, what he sees when he sees those men standing around the marketplace, is not people who should have been there at 6 a.m. sharp. He sees men with wives and kids who are going to bed hungry that night, and he wants to pay them that living day's wage to provide for their family. That's his heart. That's his concern, is that they receive the living day's wage to provide for their family. It wasn't, it wasn't about deserving. It was about caring. And we have a loving Heavenly Father who simply wants people to be taken care of. The kingdom of God is not just a meritocracy. It's a generous. He cares about us as people, not just as producers. He has human concerns for us and is deeply invested in our human physical needs and cares. As followers of Jesus, we are happy with the caring, generous heart of our master. As followers of Jesus, we too care deeply for, for the human needs of those around us. Jesus taught us to pray for our daily bread. And Jesus wants the place where he's in charge to be a place where everyone gets their daily bread. Listen, justice was not a cheap thing for Jesus. It cost him everything to bring the rightness, uh, the goodness of the kingdom of God to us. I think lastly about Luke 23, the two thieves on the cross. If I can just turn there. As Jesus hung on the cross, he was crucified between two criminals. He, he went down that hallway to, to his, his death, you know, shackled between two other inmates. Orange jumpsuits would, orange jumpsuits would have been an improvement in dignity. Jesus was, was killed uh, uh, naked and just in shame. But he's there with the other inmates, with the other criminals. 
And one of them looks at him and starts heckling him and says, Hey, if you're God, couldn't you save yourself? Couldn't you save both of us? And the other criminal rebuked him saying, Don't you fear God? We're, we're under the same sins. We're punished justly. We're thieves. We're robbers. But this man, he's getting what he didn't deserve. And then he looked to Jesus and he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus told that other thief who just seemingly randomly came to his defense, came to his aid at a very 11th hour prayer. Jesus turned to him and said, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. In his greatest act of salvation. As the kingdom of God was about to be settled in Jesus' blood, it happened not at the temple, not not, uh, at the right religious location, the Mount of Olives, some other significant historical site, not with the chief priests or or with the best disciples. It happened. Heaven was won for us between two thieves. We are welcomed in as Jesus died among outcasts. As the kingdom of God starts It starts with this radical act of redemption uh, of this criminal saying to the other, to the other criminal, Hey, lay off him, buddy. Jesus, any chance I could get into heaven? And Jesus saying, yes, I am the way, the truth, the life. I got you. Welcome into the kingdom of God. Justice looks like Jesus. Look at Jesus. He's our example. Radical love, radical restoration, redemption. A deep care that cuts across human objections about tit for tat and a deep care for our provision and our well-being. And this kind of justice is something we are all welcome to participate in, no matter how far wrong we have gone in the past with regards to justice. Practically for us. As the Vineyard Church, you know, how do we do justice that looks like Jesus? This is a great picture in our mind. We want to, we want to take it in. We want to seep it in. But how do we do this practically? Well, number one, this is for every single one of us. And it is costly for every single one of us. There's no one who's excluded from this. Nobody gets to be like, oh, they're, they're the justice people. I'm more the prayer person. Or they're this person. Or I'm more the, that person. Everyone is invited and included into this. And then we're called to care about provision, just very simply uh, and basically. We're called to make sure that people in our community are okay. You know, this is something that we've done through the mobile food pantry. This is something we did at the beginning of COVID, putting out that like form anyone in our community who needs help. We got folks, you know, who've never been at church um, offering to help. You know, buy groceries and never been to this church, but I'll go buy groceries. You'll reimburse me. I've never been here. Um, you know, connecting, saying, are, are you okay? How can we provide? How can we serve? Um, and then lastly, we need to expect the unexpected in terms of people. We need to be welcoming to everyone, expecting God to work in the margins, to do some of his best acts of redemption and restoration in the margins and then what that means for us as a church is we got to be living in the margins right we've got to be preferring the unpreferred making space and welcoming everyone justice looks like jesus 
We have an opportunity to live out what Jesus is calling us to and an opportunity to look more like Jesus. And guys, I think we're doing this. You know, during COVID, um, you know, as I'm working with the youth group, you know, a lot of the things we were not meeting normally, everything like that. Uh, the biggest event we did during COVID was putting together Thanksgiving baskets. Uh, as a youth group, we had like 18, 19 teens, a couple of people, Tristan, my invited friends. Our biggest youth group event during COVID was putting together food baskets because it's fun, because we enjoy doing it. There's so much joy in serving together. We as a church enjoy serving, enjoy being the hands and feet of Jesus uh, in our community. And it's such a communal thing. It brings so much joy to, to do this together. As I think about the inaugural words of Jesus, good news, the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe. I want to believe that God is doing this. I see it all around me in this church, in our community. And I also want to uh, repent. I want to repent of the ways I haven't made justice look like Jesus. I want to repent of the ways that I have uh, gone off on my own or I haven't lived into this communal corporate body of Christ that he's calling us into. I want this. I want Jesus and I want justice. Not some, you know, political thing. I'm not opposed to political things. They're, they're good. I just, you know, I just don't think it's going to get us all the way there. I want justice that looks like Jesus, that marches in with fire in his eyes, the fire of love. I want Jesus and I want his kingdom to come. And it looks like Jesus, justice, that care, that love, it changes everything. That changes everything. So I'm actually going to end by repenting. He says, repent and believe the kingdom of God is here. And now repentance in the Bible is always a personal invitation. Sometimes we can use it as a, a grenade that we lob at other people and then quickly excuse ourselves from. Repentance is a personal thing. So friends, I'm going to repent. I invite you to repent and believe that the kingdom of God is here and now with me, but there is no obligation. I'll do it. You're welcome to join me. Well, Jesus, this morning, I personally repent of the ways that I have not seen uh, you as a God of justice and rightness for all. I repent of the ways that I have seen you as my personal ticket to heaven, my personal uh, 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 this or that, and not as a doorway into a richer and deeper way of living with my fellow beloved children of God. I repent for ways that your justice has been cheap and not costly. I repent for the ways that I have judged and not cared like you have. I repent for the ways that I have, have begrudged your generosity, Jesus. I repent for the ways that I have desired a, a, a socially acceptable or, or popular or church in my image instead of church in your image. I repent of the ways that I have desired comfort instead of your compassion. 
Most of all, Jesus, I repent that I have not loved you, God, with my whole heart and mind and strength, and I have not loved my neighbor as myself. Jesus, this morning, would you convict me and lead me in the way of your justice? As you lead this church, Jesus, as I repent, Lord God, would we believe and would we see the coming of your kingdom more and more clearly here? Through your death and resurrection, accomplished and done. In Jesus' name, amen.